0: Please be advised that Gen X, This Is Why contains adult language. Why do little sisters have such small bladders? Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. It's not morning anymore. Guys, I'm sick. This is a mess so- today. Just get ready. <laughs> this is- <laughs> Amy's sick. I have, there, there are some <laughs> motorcycles. I have there's been movers on my blog moving people in and out every single day for, like, weeks. Okay, but I live in the middle of nowhere, and still I have a ton of noise. I know. <laughs> my house is literally surrounded by a construction zone at all times. And, <laughs> might I add, an unnecessary construction zone. Right. At all times. You should, you're in the middle of the country. It should be really quiet there. should be dead silent. Yeah. Yep. It's not. So there's right. going to be some shit going on. Guys, thank God you're not paying for this part. <laughs> <laughs> this should be free. Nobody's paying for this. <laughs> Alright, so today we are doing Little House on the Prairie Season 5, Episode 1, As Long As We're Together, Part One. Jen. The description reads Poor financial conditions influence the Ingalls family to move to Winoka when Mary goes there to teach at the blind school. They meet Albert, an orphan to whom Charles forms an attachment, even though Laura catches him stealing from the hotel that Charles manages. Ooh. Um We didn't see that we part. We didn't see that part. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a Spoiler dis- alert. That's a description for part one. Okay. Okay. That's a failure. Okay, all right. mm-hmm. Jeff, what did you think of this episode overall? Um. It w- actually, I feel like, get ready. Uh-oh. I think the writing is better. I think the writing's better. It's gotten yeah, a little guess. better. Like, the pacing was a little better. The pacing was better, and I can point out what I thought was good as we go along. Okay. I'm looking forward to those one or two instances. <laughs> it's only one or two. <laughs> okay. But it's All better right. than zero. It's better than zero. So, Jen, we start... Oh, guys, by the way, I'm going to be doing like mouth breather okay. because I can't breathe cool. out of my nose. It's right. <laughs> going to be like. <gasps> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Only the best quality here at Gen uh-huh. X. This is why. We start with the ominous song in a close up of the Olsen's Mercantile and there's like an auction wagon out front. Charles and Carolyn are here to say goodbye to Nels and Jen, there's an overarching theme in this episode. Everybody's having a breakdown. <laughs> well, I mean, for good reason. Like, Mrs. Nels Olsen's is, delusional. Nels is super sad and having a breakdown. Nels is having a breakdown. Like, Charles and Carolyn stop by to say goodbye to him, and he's all like, This all happened so fast, and then he just stares off into space. <laughs> need, and Charles is like, Ugh. They need a therapist, and the only thing they have that's close to a therapist at this time is Rev. And, like, where's Rev? Rev's gone. Like, he's not oh, even Rev's there. Gone. He's not even there. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. He went to his other like, town. Yeah, he's like, I'm off. I'm out of here. So then did you pick this up that he calls Mrs. Olson the Mrs.? Uh, why don't you go see the Misses? Why is that? a Why do we have to point that out? He's never called her okay. that. You keep track of that somewhere? Yeah, I guess. All right, so Carolyn's like, I'm going to say goodbye to Harriet. And Nels is like, she's pretty down. Good luck. We've literally had to sell everything. Like everything, everything in the house is gone. Okay, now tell me if you got this vibe. Carolyn walks in and sees Harriet standing in a completely empty house. And I wrote, they even sold the chairs? Like, where are they going to sleep or sit? I'm assuming their beds are still upstairs and that they're moving, like, the next day or something.
1: This is going to be
0: my life in a month. I'm going to be, like, in my house with a single chair. (laughs) (laughs) But tell me if you got this vibe. Her little monologue that she does felt theater-ish. She's very, I mean, Mrs. Wilson is theater-ish. She's a theater actor. But it felt like they were in the theater in that moment. She always feels that way to me, to be honest. Yeah, it was really weird. So the entire house is empty. All the furniture's gone. Harriet's in denial, saying they're redecorating. No one believes that, Harriet. And then she breaks down and starts crying. And Carolyn and Harriet hug. And they're both like, we're going to miss each other, but we don't know why. I thought this was good writing because I think it captured the complexity of their relationship. Like, they kind of hate each other. But, like, their kids grew up together. You know what yes. I mean? So there is some kind of relationship there. But, like, they kind of, they're kind they also frenemies. <laughs> Any mother who's listening knows that person who, you don't love the kid's mother. Like, your kid's friend, you don't love their mother. But, like, you have this bond because they grew up together. Yeah. like that, Like, yeah, I thought that you know Charles Michael Landon, who wrote and directed this... I thought that that was actually a good scene. Like, it captured what this is like in this moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you giving Michael Landon props as a writer? For five minutes, he wrote something good. Now, can you admit that he's hot? No, he's not. Okay. But I thought the other good thing was, like, this was really sad, and it felt sad, like, you know, like, even in the next couple scenes, and, like, just imagine what it would have been like if at, like, 12 years old. Our whole neighborhood packed up and moved out somewhere else. Well, and this is the thing, like, I could not... So, Timmy and I were talking... I'll, I'll talk about it later. Hold on, let me get there. Okay, so then Charles heads over to the mill, and Garvey's there working, and Garvey says they're going to be pulling out in a few days. Charles is heartbroken. They both know they have no choice. They hug, and they call each other friend. Did you notice how much bigger Garvey is <laughs> than Charles? He's English? massive. So, now we're back at the Ingalls' house, and this is where Timmy and I were like, Timmy's like, he just put that kitchen on. I know. And Carolyn's like saying goodbye to her stove, like in her mind. Carolyn's having a breakdown. Yeah. And I, it just occurred to me that like, they're not even selling these places. Who are, they gonna sell just yeah, who are they going to sell them to? They're just leaving Yeah. Who are they going to sell them to? They're just walking sure this, away. I'm sure this happens in a lot of cities across the country yeah. where like the property values just plummet so low. You, you just, just have to it. Yeah. abandon it. But that is, that's upsetting to me. I was like. I mean, that probably happened all the time in those western towns. Yep. I wrote, Carolyn has a breakdown over the water pump. Yep. And everyone's breaking down. Did you notice that they shot like a weird Dutch angle there? Yeah, it was a little (laughs) weird. (laughs) I don't know what they were trying to do. So, Jen, um, Charles tells Carolyn to make it brief, just like he had to at the blind school. Long goodbyes are painful. Well, I have to say that the lighting is better this season, too. They, like, got some scrums. Like, there's some softer, like, like more consistent lighting. Yeah, they got a little uptick in the budget. Yep. Okay. So then we see the girls waiting in the wagon. And in a dick move, Laura says, Ma looks so sad knowing Mary's (laughs) sitting right next to her blind and can't see. (laughs) I don't think she meant it. I think she was telling Mary what was happening. And Mary goes, I know. And I wrote, Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Carolyn looks sad. Not to pick on you, but do you know? Jen, they pack up the team and they head out. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles says, We can do anything as long as we're together. And I wrote, Jenny, did that trigger you? No. Okay, I thought you'd be triggered by the sentimentality, by this feeling of like, oh, we love no, each other so fine. much, Who we could do anything it's together. <laughs> I thought maybe you had to, like, run to the bathroom no, and throw right. up or something. No? Okay. So we see the wagon going across the horizon and little Bandit following behind. That did not look like Bandit when the dog was walking across the horizon. It was Bandit. But it didn't look like the same kind of dog. Yeah, I agree with that. It looked <laughs> like a, more Afghan dog. Yeah, like yeah, it looked yeah, like yeah. a different like, dog. It looked taller yeah. and bigger. That was a different dog. They just used maybe. whatever. They're like cute dog silhouette. Maybe it was a pony. No. Do you remember bronies? <laughs> no. The dudes who loved My Little Pony? They were bronies? No, I did not know about oh, that. You don't know nope, about this? I don't know about it. Okay. I, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> Stop. I don't were... want to know about it. <laughs> when my girls were little, they loved My Little Pony as I did when I was little, but there was like a, a revamp of it in like the mid to late 2000s and it became really cool. It's really good. And there was a cultural movement. I I don't know if it was sexual. I have no idea. Feels like. But feels like it is. But they were called bronies. And they were bros who love it Feels like adjacent to the furry movement. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much <laughs> I don't know so. I It just feels that <laughs> yes. way. Yep. So Jen, then of course we see a scene with Charles changing a wheel in the pouring Of course, rain. because he's broken down doubles? again. I feel like they just have that stock image and they just keep using the same like uh can you guys get out of the cutting room uh charles broken down with the with the wagon oh wheel God, in the wait rain. a minute you just gave me a brilliant idea as michael landon is aging and his hotness is declining what if they just use stock footage from season one every time there was an action chat <laughs> oh i'm sure they do that i wouldn't be surprised like, Charles has to go like if climb a, a tree. So when he's climbing the tree, he has, like, gray hair and he's old. But then you see him in the tree and it's hot, Charles, from season one. <laughs> I mean, one. I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> they probably just use a stuntman. Maybe. All right. So now the Ingalls are arriving in the big city. And we hear the wah wah hoo, and the gunshots. Yep. And gunshots are just all over the place. They're list. in some wild town. Charles is already unhappy. Well, and <laughs> Carolyn's like, you said you'd be okay with the city. Like... Charles is clearly a country mouse. Yeah, he's not happy. This would be Timmy, not happy. <laughs> Laura describes it all to Mary. She's like, "I better get back there and describe the it all." But the difference goes, is, if when Timmy saw the saloon, he would be happy and he would go on the saloon and start drinking. We like talked Charles. about this. We talked about this. So because Jen, Timmy's sitting there on his iPad like watching something, mm-hmm. and then it just very so it starts to move off to the side. Starts to move off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> So Laura's telling Mary the town has a saloon just like the one in gold country, and that Pa isn't going to like it. And Timmy goes, I'd be in that saloon in five minutes. And I said, what if they ran into Edwards in I feel like there was Edwards vibes. Like, go look for Edwards in that saloon. You never know. (laughs) We hear random gunshots. Then we pull up to the blind school. And Jen, Mary and Pa sneak up on Adam. Well, on the whole class. (laughs) Why would you sneak up on a blind person? On, On a class. The whole, None yeah, of the class can she, see her. I would announce myself. Yes. Hey, guys. Bang the door closed. Hey. I think she was trying to surprise him. Which she did. Okay.
1: Charles should have announced out. himself,
0: though. He should have. Then they start making out. Okay. there's. And, a, I mean, she makes herself known by answering one of the questions he asks. Yes. And then they start making out. They start making out fine because the kids can't see it but charles is standing there awkwardly yep okay charles is standing a foot from adam he should know he's there he did he He did in the other episode right but he didn't know yep so (laughs) i feel like just generally they're gonna handle this blindness poorly (laughs) (laughs) and i think generally the Ingalls are gonna handle living in the city poorly yes yes i agree but like I just feel like the show is gonna handle the yes, blindness they will. not well. Yep. Not well. Okay. Because even this little exchange, like, um Adam's like, Where's your father? I have to talk to him. And Charles's like, I'm right here. Like right next to you. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, sorry, Mr. Ingalls, and Charles' is like, Oh, it's okay, I should have known better. Like they're making jokes already. Yeah, not good. No, not good, guys. Adam tells Charles that the hotel is hiring a repair man. And somebody to cook in the kitchen. So, it's a two-person job. But can we discuss yeah. that he said he mailed Mary a letter about this job? Oh, yeah. And Mary said she mailed it to him. And neither one of them got these letters. So, like... We know why. So, like, we our, know why. our United States Postal Service is as bad now as it was in 1880. Especially when your postal worker quits. Yeah, there's no post office. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So... He's like, I wrote to you about this, but I guess you didn't get it, whatever. He says that three people have already filled the job and the owner's never satisfied. Oh, sign Red me flag. up. Sign me up. That sounds amazing. This is like Rev forcing Mary to teach and deliver it. But instead, in a true moment of white man exceptionalism, Charles is like, Well, it's not me. <laughs> so, like, I'll go, it'll be fine. Yeah, and then he's like, If your mother's cooking is as good as Mary says it is She'll be good. Okay. So basically, Adam's telling Charles, go over to the hotel and take this dude's job right out from under him. Yep. Because there's somebody doing the job. Yes. Okay. Which we'll get to this. Okay. Charles, like, sounds great. He goes outside, Jen, packs up the team, and drives 20 feet. I saw, I know. That was crazy. To the hotel. Why would you not walk? I don't know. So let's review. Charles leaves... Carolyn and his three kids, one of whom is an infant, yeah. in the wagon outside the blind school and instead of walking from there to the hotel, he moves the wagon in front of the crazy saloon mm-hmm. and takes Carolyn in with him. So now he's abandoned his three daughters in front of a crazy saloon. So Laura has to watch Carrie, Grace and Reverse Lafayette Beetle. Yes, who is well behaved? Who is actually perfectly like not doing anything crazy this episode? No, he's not. He's a good, he's a good boy. Okay. So then we get some Carrie, Jen. She has to pee. Of course she does. Of course. Of course she does. Why do little sisters have such small bladders? And I wrote, (laughs) and I wrote, isn't that how she got stuck in a fucking balloon? Isn't that how she fell down a well? Didn't she say she had to pee and shit and Laura had to take her out of line? It just never ends with this kid. Oh God. Then we see baby Albert. Now, I want to talk about this. I have an index card. Was Albert Ingalls a real person? Mm, No. He was not a real person. Michael Landon created Albert for a significant reason. The character was a result of a very personal tragedy for Michael and his family. According to Melissa Gilbert, the actress who plays Laura, they, the Landons, had... Very, very close friends, Eleanor and Ray, and their firstborn son. His name was Albert. Apparently, Albert, who was 18 or 19 at the time, had been riding his bicycle home in the evening and had been hit by a car and killed. As a tribute to Albert Muscatel, Michael created Albert Ingalls. Also, the Ingalls never adopted any children in real life. Cassandra and James that had come along later, they were, they're not real either. They only had their own children. Okay, that that's dumb. And let me just say why is that dumb? It's <laughs> Okay, Michael Landon. That's sweet and we get it. Oh, but you could he... have honored I thought you, you were calling have... my index card dumb. <laughs> no. you could have honored him in another way. You didn't have to introduce I... a major character named his power. He was just flexing You could his have power. named You could have named Manly. Oh no, you couldn't have. He was real. You could have named Adam Albert, right? Because Adam, well, boom, done. They might have already been filming with Adam being Adam though maybe but you could have just introduce or, or he could have just sent flowers <laughs> <Ding>! <laughs> like, he's just flexing his power like he is because at hungry. this time he has complete control over the whole set. there's no question <laughs> there's like no one can do anything oh my god oh my gosh <laughs> okay no your index card was boring but i wouldn't say it was dumb i was gonna punch you through the screen okay all right, so here's my thing about Albert. I get that they reuse actors, <laughs> but you shouldn't do it with important pivotal roles. And so close so together. So close to each other. Right. Yeah, because that was Young Charles. It was Young Charles like Last six season. episodes yeah. ago. Yep. Oh my God. Although yeah. at the time, you know, a year would have passed in yeah, between. Yeah, don't forget. like we but, were, but still, still it's, it's just shoddy. So, Jeb, did you get this like, Albert's hustling strangers for a job, but he's also like smiling and winking at Laura and she's smiling at him. Was there like a flirtation? I guess so. There seems to be like there was a little bit of a thing. For like five minutes. Okay, so we know Michael Landon's fascination at randos. Yep. Why couldn't Albert just have been a rando in this this arc of them being in town? He doesn't have to get adopted by them and go home. He took this to weird places. <laughs> Okay, now we meet Mr. Silas at the hotel. He takes the Ingalls back to the kitchen. where guess who's cooking, Jen? Did you recognize the actress? Is it Kezia? No, it's not Kezia. I didn't think so. Okay. And Timmy demanded that I give him a credit on this because he immediately spotted it. You really he goes, have to stop this dynamic of him watching the show and making comments He goes. It. He goes, oh, my God, that's Throw Mama from the tree." Oh, I wouldn't have known that one. I, I mean, I'm I've like, seen that movie, but I don't really remember it. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. So we look, Jen, it's Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. Oh. Yes. Oh. And I'm like, it is not. And I looked it up. Yes, it is her. It is her. I would have never so, recognized that, though. So Mama Fratelli from the Goonies is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> what What did you think was going to happen when you hired her? <laughs> This is. Can I just say that this is gross, and it's such a toxic work environment. She's eating hotel. She's eating the food. Basically, there's a lot of fat shaming happening here. It's it's bad. There's no hygiene in this kitchen. No hygiene. Mister Mister Silas calls her biscuits cannonballs. Says he got hit with a cannonball in the war. In the war. I mean, that was less as somebody who cannot cook. Well, this can happen with biscuits. They could, okay. they could be like like 80 pounds each if you don't do them right. My mashed potatoes are usually 80 pounds. <laughs> no, okay. So uh, <laughs> we have a mashed potato story. So one Thanksgiving, we were making dinner at Amy's house. And for some reason, you and I were making the mashed potatoes. Usually we didn't really cook. Like I didn't big really mistake. cook. Big mistake. Or there was at least like mom was involved or somebody, a grandma was involved. Mm, big mistake. We <laughs> were making mashed home, quote unquote homemade mashed potatoes. And remember they came out like like wallpaper paste. Like you yes. could like, put wallpaper up with these things mm-hmm. and they were disgusting. They had no flavor. That I was the learned, worst, one of the worst things I've ever made. I know what we did wrong. There was no salt, probably. I used to think that you added milk and butter right away. No and then mix it all now together. I know no that's you don't. Not correct. You whip those potatoes first. And then a little bit of milk. A yeah. little bit. It was just disgusting. A little bit. What we made was so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was disgusting. It bad. was gross. We're not great nope, in the kitchen. we're not. Nope. Uh-uh. Okay. So she announced, okay, so he asks Caroline, Mrs. Ingalls, can you cook some biscuits? Can Caroline cook of biscuits? Of course. Please. The fuck? That's dude? like asking like a human being if they could breathe air. That's like asking Charles if he's hot. Come on. You had to ruin that whole (laughs) line. So um, Mama Fratelli from the Goonies reacts the way anyone would and is like, are you literally replacing (laughs) me right now? (laughs) (laughs) And she quits on the spot and the dining room starts to clap. It's like, why are you idiots there? If we're cooking so bad, just go make your own food. Although if you're staying, if you live in a hotel, you don't have a kitchen. True. So, Carolyn makes the biscuits, and they're phenomenal. Of course. Back at the Wagon Gen, Carrie's going to piss herself. She's going to die from kidney failure. <laughs> because <laughs> Carolyn's making biscuits. I looked up biscuit recipes, and they take like 35 to 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Carolyn so she's dead. is inside auditioning for a like job. Like, Carrie's dead. This is while the kids are hanging bad. out the saloon. Okay. We see Albert get paid a dime for a shoe shine, and he's walking away and he's like flipping the dime and showing it off. All of a sudden, a brawl happens (laughs) in the saloon and comes out and knocks him down and his little dime falls in a hole on the porch. Do you know what this reminded me of? I don't think you were with us because I don't think you were 21 yet. We were at um, Market Street Square down in Wilkes-Barre and it was like me and Jen Rogers and... and uh, Josh who wasn't my husband yet but we were, we were dating and a couple other people and we were seeing a, like, a, I don't know, it was like a Nine Inch Nails cover band or some shit and it was like this crazy crowd and there was these doors on the side and all of a sudden there was like this mosh pit and Jen was like standing next to the door and this whole like mosh pit went out the door for some reason blew open the doors into the alley and Jen goes get by it and goes flying out into the alley and Like we oh, go we, we're like la- we're like half laughing and like half like oh my god is she dead and we go running out and she's like in a pile of glass because she had a drink in her head. she was okay oh, my god. but oh my god did was... she save the drink no the drink was smashed into a million pieces <laughs> yeah she uh oh i would have seen that it was dramatic mm-hmm. i think we need a reenactment <laughs> It's pretty good all right, so Jen, the dime goes through a hole in the porch, and did you remember about the gum? I did. I did remember. I did too. I did too. I said to Timmy, Oh, wait a minute. I think Laura chews gum and gets the dime. How did we remember that? I don't that? know, but I totally remembered it. I totally remembered it. So, all right. Laura jumps off the of wagon. Of course she, she does. Helps of them. course Laura leaves the friggin' wagon. She leaves an infant. Yep. And like a five year old who has to pee. Five year old who has in to pee. In the care and a dog. of. In the care of Bandit. In the care of a Versafia Beetle. That is the only creature old enough to watch this. Yep. This Laura Lauren decides she's going to chew some gum, attach it to Albert's shoelace, and fish the dime out of the hole. And Albert's like all all weird. He's like, she pulls it up and she's like all happy. I will He's explain like, to you what's happening with Albert. Albert is city tied Albert doesn't trust oh, yeah, anyone. You're right. Until you're right. that dime is yes. in his hand, he does not trust Laura and that is the right instinct to have. You're absolutely right. Because Laura's like, oh, look, I got it. it." And he's like, fuck you. I don't have it yet. (laughs) (laughs) That is what he needs to survive. Mm -hmm. You're right. So at the hotel, Mr. Silas tastes Carolyn's biscuits and freaks out about how good they are. Of course. And then Charles says, I got a job. Yeah. And Carolyn says, we got a job. And I say, Carolyn's biscuits got that fucking job. (laughs) That's true. Very true. So they get $50 a month with free room and board, and they negotiate an extra room for their kids. God. Um, Outside, Laura gets the dime back. Albert, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, Laura gives the dime back. She gives it back to him. And Albert's like, what do you want? What do you want from me? Because he doesn't (laughs) trust that, like, the help is free. (laughs) I know. Albert goes to leave, and he's like, what's your name, Laura Ingalls? And she's like, what's your name? He's like, Albert. Albert, what? Huh? What'd you say? Gotta run. And he takes off. He's like Prince or Madonna. Then Carrie pisses herself on the porch of the saloon. Nice first day at work. Your kid pees Mm -hmm. in front of the front door. Mm -hmm. Luckily, no one saw that. Ironically, Charles is going to have to clean it up because he's the new handyman. (laughs) (laughs) And in, in what could only be, I don't know, considered a really bizarre move, they told, Carrie told Laura she peed, yep. but yet they panned down and show us a puddle on the floor. Yeah. Why do we, have, we have to see that? Unnecessary. Yeah. Now the Ingalls are moving in and Charles is all like, I'm going to go take the team to the livery. Like, this is woman's work. This unpacking. Yeah. yeah. Carolyn has to go cook and Laura has basically now become a full-time babysitter. Yeah, she's a nanny. <laughs> Jen, suddenly we hear a crash. And an armoire fell on top oh my of God, Carrie. She could have been killed. She was crawling up the armoire. Like you hear about this Honestly, shit, yeah. but you never saw it. Yep. Well, because it was empty. So it's gonna mm-hmm. be light. So I wrote so far Carrie has pissed herself and almost died on Laura's watch. <laughs> Laura's been in charge for half an hour. <laughs> Laura is not liking city life. No. Alright, so downstairs Caroline let's let's discuss this. She is the waitress. The busser, the dishwasher, and the cook. It's ridiculous. One person can't do all this work. One person can't do all this work and should not be because she cannot wash her hands in between all this stuff. Well, and the other thing is, it's really different to be a good home cook and to run a restaurant. Those are two different skill sets. Timmy, as a former restaurant runner, was triggered. Of course. He was triggered. He's like, you can't wash your hands in between touching the menus and stuff. And, you know. So, Jen. This is one of my favorite scenes ever. Carolyn goes over this table with two yokels. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, you're the new cook. Oh, you're the new piece of ass in town. Hey, what's shaking? Charles comes over. I, I just wrote down Amy's probably loving this. I loved it so much. <laughs> Charles comes over. He's like, Carolyn, I got this. And he does the most aggressive order taking. <laughs> He's like working on Dick's Last Resort. We are laughing so (laughs) hard at this point. He's like, what do you want? And the guy's telling him like, oh, you know, I want eggs with hash browns on the side and blah, blah, blah. Aren't you going to write this down? And Charles goes, dead face. He goes, why? You going to forget it? (laughs) Oh, Charles. I I think I need to put this scene in the Mimi Bees because it's so great. It's just aggressive waitressing. (laughs) I love it so much. I mean, they okay. deserved the aggressive waitressing. They did deserve it. They did deserve it. Jen, Carolyn's exhausted. We see her, like, at the end of the she shift. Can't she can't run a whole like... restaurant. This is insane. Because don't think forget there's no dishwashers die. at that time. Like, no. Yeah, no. this is hard work. So Charles comes in. Now, Charles was helping her out. Yeah. He was. But, I mean, even he can't do it all. No. It's not a two-person job. It's at least a four-person job. They need a team. Yeah, they need a team. <laughs> They should get Laura down there. Let Carrie be the babysitter. Oh, yeah. That's going to go fucking well. (laughs) They'll just both be dead at the end of the day. So, Carolyn's like, Charles is like, there's no way this is sustainable. Like, you cannot keep this up. And she's like, I can do it. I can do it. And then they decide. Now, keep in mind, Laura has been watching these two kids all day. Yeah. Then they decide they're going to head over to the blind school and hang out with Mary and Adam for a little bit. Well, at this point, they're probably, maybe the kids are asleep. Maybe, but Laura's probably like, can I please leave the room? <laughs> I mean, it's good to keep Laura busy in this scenario. That's true. They go to the blind school where Adam is whining about the school's financial situation. Dude, didn't you just go there to set it up? Yeah. How you broke already? <laughs> <laughs> Charles is like, the townspeople spend enough money at the saloon here. They should help the blind school. Like, he's all super judgy, like he always is. They ask Carolyn what she thinks, Jen, but what's wrong with Carolyn? She's asleep. She's literally sleeping, sitting up. Yes. Charles is like, I think I need to get her home. And I wrote, wait until she goes home to sleep with Carrie and a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is a mother's life. Although, she'll probably just pawn them off on Laura. They're in the other room with Laura. Yeah. Okay, we see the wild and crazy saloon, and the Ingalls are desperately trying to sleep on oh, wait the other man. side had, of the wall. We have a scene where... Adam's lock in their door and it's like 10 locks and Mary's like oh yeah it's like we live in a bank they literally live in the wild west literally the oh, yeah. wild west yeah like go ahead lock your door somebody just come and shoot right through it <laughs> it's true it's like a flimsy wood door <laughs> so the Ingalls are trying to this sleep this is a chin. disaster what would you do in this situation um I would take drugs to fall asleep <laughs> or I'd go to the saloon and drink a bunch like so I could fall asleep <laughs> Alright, anyway. So Charles is flipping out because all of a sudden you hear a bunch of gunshots. Mm. <laughs> and Charles decides, I'm going to go over to the saloon. And tell them to stop making noise. To stop making noise. Yep. Jen. There's no 311 in these days. So I wrote, what is Charles' plan here? To either beat up everyone in the saloon. I'm <laughs> Charles Singles. I'm going to go over there oh. and demand silence. Or to go over and ask for them to be quiet and they obey. Yeah. I watched Deadwood. That's not happening. No, Hell no. Yeah, like this is where you live now. Yeah. On his way to see the owner, Charles runs into the sexual harasser from earlier. and They almost get into it. Oh, his name is um, Harland. Yeah, whatever. Charles then sees the owner because he demands to see the owner of the (laughs) saloon. Oh my God, he's a Karen. (laughs) He's a Karen. Charles is a character. I want to see but, your manager. But I feel like in this instance, it's warranted. I don't want to see your manager. I thought the saloon looked fun. It did, but if you were trying to sleep through that. I would just drink a bunch of beer and Ugh. I'd take a bunch of beer back to my family and say, drink this beer and we'll all pass out. Could you imagine Carrie drunk? <laughs> <laughs> so Charles then sees the owner and the owner's like, it's dude, t- fuck off. It's only 10, really 10, 10 o'clock. What are you dude. doing? Charles is like, well, maybe the sheriff will change your mind. And the owner's like, "Mm, why don't you ask him? He's sitting at the bar in the white hat right there. Of course he is. Of course he is. Can I just say that Mr. Standish looks like Mitch McConnell? Was he the justice of the peace? Again? Was he the justice of the peace? (laughs) I don't know. Is that his name, Standish? That's the owner. No, that wasn't him. Okay. That wasn't him. Alright, Charles goes down and actually tells the sheriff. Like, instead of just getting the getting hint. Getting the hint that, like, this is all an inside thing. It's a monopoly. T- but, Jen, the sheriff don't give a fuck. And he's like, oh, I'll talk to the owner of the hotel. And, like, he r- realizes that's Standish. So, yeah. We're back to that. And, then there's an excessive amount of gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next day, Jen. We see a traffic jam. Yeah, there was almost a a wagon wreck. And like the horses were all tangled up. People were screaming at each other. And they they could only scream. They didn't have horns yet. Yeah. Yep. So then, guess who's pulling in? The Garvey's. The Garvey's are here. Charles greets the entire family. He was so happy to see them. Didn't they know? So here's my question. All these people go to the same place. Why didn't they just all plan that from the beginning? Why would you go to another random town unless you had a lead on a job or something? If you have no job and you have nowhere to go, why wouldn't you go to the place where your friends are going? Right. Why wouldn't you at least try? Yeah. So I wrote, because he's like helping Grace get down from the carriage and he's hugging Jonathan and then he sees Andy and I'm like, better be careful not to show too much affection to Andy or Carolyn's going to lose her shit. (laughs) Grace pops in to see Carolyn. She's super happy. She almost breaks down tears when she sees them. Did you get this? Andy runs upstairs to see Laura. And when he comes in, she practically throws baby Grace down oh, there on the bed. Well, there's two things that happen. So he knocks on the door. And Laura, in the middle of a city, with a bunch of crazy motherfuckers at a saloon, goes, It's open. Oh, yes. Yes, Laura. she does. Yes, she and does. And then, yeah, she, like, whips Grace on the, on the, on the bed. <laughs> So I don't know what purpose this scene served, but Andy sees a woman getting dressed in the hotel, like in the room across the way. I guess it's like to just drive home the seediness of the city. And he's peeping and Laura's yelling at him. Okay. Andy's like, how do you like the town? Laura's like, I think it's nice, but I haven't left the hotel because I'm in a nightmare. (laughs) She totally is. Like, at least get out and take the kids for a walk, but I wouldn't walk around there. she's What's she going to do? That That's not going to get her into trouble. Downstairs, the families are eating together, and Carrie tries to shove a whole piece of pie, I think it's pie, yeah in her mouth and misses, and goes, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Carolyn freaks out, Laura's like, we hear this shit all the time, ma. And then the families toast to friendship. Well, and then Pa says, Carrie, if you hear a word you're not sure if it's a bad word ask me and laura goes she could just ask me i know them all she goes (laughs) the next day the shit show that is the olsons arrives (laughs) in town they ask where the hotel is and they're directed to the place that charles and carolyn are working did you hear that nels made a fat crack at him? yes he did he fat Mm -hmm. shamed his whole family or half of his family yeah Yeah. he's a real dick and they happen to be the female side of his family yep The Ingalls pop out. Let me just say, Nels Olsen, that's strike one. I feel like he's done this before. No, that's strike one. Okay. All right. The Ingles pop out and they're all happy to see each other. But Jen, there's no room at the inn. (laughs) Literally. The Garvey's took the the last room. So the Olsons are redirected to the Rich Hotel. Right. Okay. see some partridge family looking kids i don't know are these kids they're shooting something they're throwing money and are they just throwing dime that i think they were just tossing dimes as far as they could to see who could get further i don't think it's crap then we see albert running through town screaming the school's on fire (laughs) did you catch willie saying i hope that's the only school Oh God, he he is the unsung hero, Willie. What a great line! Okay, so everyone runs, and when they do, Albert grabs all the money and fruit from the fruit cart. Yep, Harriet, Harriet catches him, and he's like, "I'm just doing this for the church because gambling is bad," or something like that, and takes all the money. Yep, and Harriet's like, oh, and Harriet's okay. like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." All right, and that's the end, Jen. Yeah, it kind of felt like it ended abruptly. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. All right, so Jenny, whose fault is this? Again, this is the railroad's fault. The fucking railroad. Like these towns coming up like this and springing up and like, you know, everyone rushing to. Oh, well, that was the gold rush's fault more. Well, it could have been the railroad's fault too because there was a lot of work. So people came to those towns. Yeah. I wrote this is all Mary's fault. Why is this Mary's fault? I don't know. For going blind and having it's to go Mary's to fault school. for going blind. <laughs> so this is smallpox fault. Was it Edward's fault? Did he bring smallpox? <laughs> Maybe. I just feel like what Mary? Why do you have to do these things? Mary made a decision for herself. It's not her fault that the rest of her family tagged along. You're right. It's probably Charles' fault. It's I just Charles can't fault. bring it. In my bring it. I can't bring myself to blame him. Mary's there, and she seems to have a. Decent living condition and, like, a school and, like, all this shit. Jenny, if you were a burglar, like, picture, you're the hand burglar, right? Like, you're ready to rob somebody. Is is this a real question? (laughs) Wouldn't you go right for the blind school? Oh, (laughs) my God. No, because they probably hear really well. You'd have to be, like, a a little panther and get in there. I would go for all, I would follow the people home from the fucking saloon because they're wasted and they're going to pass out hard. That's true. That's true. I would follow Mrs. Olson around because she just like flaunts her money yeah, like an idiot true. in the middle that's of the true. city. Yes. All right, Jen. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson or something we've learned and we talk about how it imprinted on us or why we carried it with us. We call it our why. designed to finish the phrase, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? My why is this one? This is why you have to appreciate what you have when you have it, because you never know when it's the last time of that oh, time. Here we go. Here we go. What does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Is this your disaster fantasy? No. Like everything's going to come burning down. no, 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 down? no, no. no okay. This is more of a nostalgic thing. Like, okay, like, you know, like you have like certain times of like, it's a certain group of people that hang together, it's a certain place, you kind of do the same thing all the time. And like, like, like growing up in our neighborhood, right? Like all the kids hanging out on Friday night, and the parents getting pizza. And like, when was the last time of that? You never know when it's the last time that happens, right? Like, it, just one day it stops, right? People start moving away or growing up or going to school or whatever. Like, same thing with friends, like, When's the last time you hung out with a specific group of friends that you hung out with for years? Like, so you just have to appreciate it because you just don't know when it's going to vaporize. I mean, it's a little bit disaster fancy, I guess, but it's not assuming it ends in disaster. Like people could just get married or go to school or move or whatever. Like, it, like things change, so, which is good. I mean, change is good, but you should just you know appreciate the, the time that you have with people in those scenarios because you just don't know when the dynamic changes. So speaking of, when you say this, it brings something up in me that I have another reading recommendation for our memes. <laughs> Did you read the Colson Whitehead piece, um, The Way We Live Now, that he wrote after 9-11 for New York City? No. It's like one of the most beautiful essays I've ever read. And here's what he says about that. We can never make proper goodbyes. It was your last ride in a checker cab and you had no warning. It was the last time you were going to have Lake ting shrimp in that entirely suspect Chinese restaurant and you had no idea. If you had known, perhaps you would have stepped behind the counter and shaken everyone's hand, pulled out the disposable camera and issued posing instructions, but you had no idea. There are unheralded tipping points a certain number of times that we will unlock the front door of an apartment. At some point, you were closer to the last time than you were to the first, and you didn't even know it. You didn't know that each time you passed through the threshold, you were saying goodbye. Yeah, like that's exactly it. And I think that, I think you struggled more with this when you're younger because think about it, like the like kids, like teenagers and young adults have, have these moments that are like laid out for them, like a graduation, yes. right? Like yes. you are leaving high school at this time. Like this is when yes. everything is going to end. And like everything you're doing is like, like timing you Future towards looking. that thing. And then you start college and like, you know, you're going to leave college. But like after college, there's, you don't have those kind of indicators anymore. Like you just never know when, you know, like you have a great group of people at work that you really like hanging out with and drinking with. And then, you know, like it's like somebody leaves or, and then it all starts to change. And like, you just don't know when that's going to happen. I love the idea in that essay that again, guys, it's called the way we live now. He wrote it on 11, um, I love the idea of at one point you were closer to the last than the first and you didn't know it. Or it was the last and you didn't know it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very profound, Jen. Thanks. Mine's not so cool, really. <laughs> I've had a lot of really crappy ones lately, so I'm trying to put a little more thought Okay, into so them. I have two. One is... This is why you don't undervalue your skill set. Like, the this hotel dude needed Carolyn and Josh. Yeah, I mean, they're dream employees. No question. They had him over a barrel. Mm-hmm. They could have been like, we want a hundred bucks. Yeah. And we want three rooms. Yeah, but he was the type of overconfident asshole that probably would have been like, well, someone else will just come along and do the job. And then he would have just dealt with a string of, like, horrible employees. That's true. Because don't would, forget, he doesn't know how good they are at this point in time. I would get in there and I would run it well. Then I'd be like, I'm going to quit unless I get this. Like, give I him the, ne- the the contrast. I would negotiate it for a third room and just lock Gary in there. <laughs> but like the, or, like in a couple months, they should have said, we'll do it for this rate for six months. And then we want to renegotiate after that or whatever. Or you have that third room as the scream room. You just go in there and scream. <laughs> They the need they don't I mean what do you need a scream room for in the city you just fucking scream in your living room that's or on true. the street that's true um also and I can't believe I'm going to say this can I get a drum roll this is why I'm glad I'm a younger sibling whoa <laughs> yes I couldn't fucking deal with what Laura's doing why does she have to babysit everybody but Laura's everybody? Still younger and the older sibling Yeah, but she has to babysit everybody. Let me tell you something. The other day, my girls had two friends sleepover. And they were all going to go out that day and have fun. They were going here. They were going there. Blah, blah, blah. The one little girl couldn't go because she had to go home and babysit her little sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel her. I feel her. (sighs) No wonder why you guys don't want kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the babysitting. I never even thought about that. Or, like, I remember when I started driving... Like I, I had to take you everywhere. Like, I, that was part of the deal. It's like, I could get my license if I took Amy to dance class or I took Amy to school or I took Amy to her friend's you house. You didn't have to take me to dance class. We could have been in agreement on that Yeah, one. that's true. Or, you know what I mean? But, like, you didn't have to deal with any of that bullshit when you started driving. You could just get in a car and fucking drive yourself. No. This episode gave me a whole new appreciation for Big Sisters because... No fucking way would I be in a new exciting city sitting in a room taking care of two kids. Like it it was, you can't have anything new and fun or nice without how is Amy gonna put a black cloud over this? (laughs) That was awesome. I love how you make this real specific to me. That is true though. (laughs) It's like, oh, we got a pool. How is Amy gonna make this bad for me? I hate you. How is Amy going to wreck this for me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Jenny. So why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? Um, Coming up next is part two of this hot mess. As long as we're together, part two. While Read Mar- the description that may or may not fit. <laughs> While Mary is going to teach at the blind school in Winoka, and since they can't make a living in Walnut Grove, the rest of the Ingalls family goes to Winoka too. I'm reading this word for word. This is horrifying. Charles gets a job managing a hotel, and Carolyn runs the kitchen and dining room. They make the acquaintance of an... or. I feel like they flipped these two. I think oh. they flipped the two. Okay. No, that because the other it. one says poor financial conditions influence the angles to... This is this is shit. Are you looking on Amazon? No, I'm on the, the com website. So that sucks. Okay. So the, that, I get the descriptions from com. They're usually okay. This one is extremely bad. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're just going to see how this pans out. <laughs> Albert steals something. That's that's yeah. as much as I got. Yeah. yep, Yeah, because Charles and Albert haven't even met yet at this point. Okay, guys, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone, Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at GenXThisIsWhy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon
1: mm